Don't get too excited. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Thank you, Lord God, for your word today. I give you praise, Father. Please be seated. This morning, I want to talk about the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. The great Lamb of God, I call it. Titled it, the Lamb of God. And I said, ah, the great Lamb of God. There was a question in the minds of the people of the Old Testament, we learn. The question had always been, and that question actually came from the mouth of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Serious question. And then the answer was from Abraham. But the fulfillment was different. Fulfilled in our time. God had told Abraham, and and you can see it tells us in Genesis 22, the way God started this. He had a covenant with Abraham. And now we are called children of Abraham. This was a serious business between God and one man. He chose just one man. And they have to walk together in covenant. And God was not dealing with anybody else on the earth except this one man. And so everything God was doing on the earth was through just one man. And and they were covenant people, God and this one man, Abraham. There is no better place to be. (laughs) To be in covenant, you and your God and you and your God alone. But God has said to Abraham, through you... Every family of the earth will be blessed. Thank God he gave that promise to his covenant person, Abraham. God gave that promise to him. But then it says in Genesis 22, God tested Abraham. And I wonder what the reason for the test. Basically, are you going to stay faithful to the covenant? Show me something that lets me know you will remain faithful on your side of the covenant. You have to make a sacrifice. And God said to Abraham, he said, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. He's really pressing it real hard. And I want you to take him to a place, a mountain that I'll show you, And I want you to sacrifice him, your son, to me as a burnt offering. And it was a test. But to Abraham, this wasn't a test. This is something to go through. And the Bible says Abraham rose early. First thing, as soon as his eyes opened, he was ready to go. Sacrifice his son. And then he took his son and two servants. To go with him. To do this thing. And they traveled. And as soon as he got to the area of Mount Moriah. He looked up and saw the place where God had 
told him, this is where to sacrifice your son. He had the wood. He had fire. And so he said to the servant, I need you all to stay back here. And, and, and my son and I, we're going up there to worship God. And then we will return again to you. That's significant. I thought you were going to kill the boy. But this man was speaking by faith. He was speaking by faith. Significant, I never saw this before. But the wood he placed on his son. The cross on God's son. Isaac was supposed to take the wood on his back up the hill to him, for him to be sacrificed. And Abraham had the fire. And you read in Genesis chapter 22, 7 and 8, it says, but Isaac noticed, young smart man, he noticed something wasn't right here. Daddy, you're forgetting something. We need a lamb for sacrifice. He's been taught well. We need a lamb for sacrifice. If God's told you, we need something. So Isaac spoke to his his father Abraham and said, Father, my father. And he said, yeah, I am, my son. Then he said, look, you got the fire and I got the wood. But where is the lamb? We need the lamb for a bond offering. And Abraham said, my son... God will provide for himself, not a lamb, the lamb. Not a lamb, God himself will provide for himself, the lamb, for a burnt offering. So the two went up. You know the story, what happened. But that was the question. The lamb of God. The Lamb of God. <laughs> lamb of God because God is the one providing the Lamb. Not man. God provided a sheep for Abraham for that sacrifice to settle that matter. But this has to be a Lamb from God Himself. Not an earthly thing, but from God Himself. And so the question is, where is the Lamb? I'm going to submit to you here today that John the Baptist was born for one purpose, to reveal the Lamb of God to the children of Israel and to the rest of the world. To reveal who that Lamb is and the importance of that Lamb. The blood of an animal can only cover, cannot take away sin. The blood of another human being, just a man, good man, may cover the sin of his friend, maybe. But not the sin of the world. It has to be an eternal blood. An eternal lamb that can take away sin and the consequences of sin. And John the Baptist was born for this purpose. First, to introduce to the world who the Lamb of God is 
And secondly, to persuade you to believe in the Lamb. Because that's only where you will find survival and peace on the earth. You got to believe. Listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 6. There was a man sent from God. And you know how he was born. This was John the Baptist, whose name was John. We know how he was born. This man came for a witness. God sent him. His whole purpose for living. The only reason God brought John the Baptist into the earth was for a witness. That was his life. It's an incredible thing. After he did his work, he was gone. Very short. Very short. His purpose was fulfilled. His purpose was fulfilled. That was his only purpose. And many people in this life are still missing the purpose for which John was born. Because they don't know and have not believed in the Lamb. Listen to what he says. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the, of the light. That the Lamb will come later to that. And that all through him might what? Believe. That's all John was born for. To persuade you to believe in, the, in his witness of Jesus coming into the world. That was his life. That all, all people, through his introduction of the Lamb, we will believe. This is the answer to the question, where is the Lamb of God? That's the Lamb that can take away sin, that can restore peace into our lives, that can heal us physically, emotionally, in every way, mentally, the Lamb of God. And give us real life and life more abundantly. He was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. That light every man that comes into the world. Every time I read that scripture, it just hits me really hard. The true light that lights every man. There's a part of you that came from Jesus. Not just your physical life. He gave you life, light. You have it. There's the ability for you to believe. It's a choice. You have that light in you. You can turn it on. He's the light that lights every man that's coming into the world. You can believe in the witness. You can. God has given you that ability. But then, John baptized Jesus. And so what happened? And then it says in verse 29 of chapter 1, John chapter 1, Then the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Now this is the introduction, Behold, the Lamb of God. In other words, look, this is the Lamb of God. Not Lamb from man. John the Baptist was telling individual standing by him and pointing to another human being and telling them that man is a lamb right it's a lamb and they're looking around for a sheep and say what was that we see a man but notice nobody said a word 
Nobody asked, what do, what do you mean? That's Jesus. They understood it. They understood it. Nobody questioned him. And John continued in his word. He says, this is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. The purpose for which Jesus came. To take away the power of sin over mankind. To free us from that. This is he of whom I said, he continued to testify. After me comes a man who was preferred before me, for he was before me. But he was born six months later after John had been born. But John understood. This is not an ordinary man. That's the mistake people think. Jesus was here before the world was. He created all things. And John was right. God had given him the revelation that Jesus was before all things. And so he says he was before me. He's preferred before me. The Jews looked to John. But John says, uh-huh, this is the one you really need to look to. He's preferred before me. Then he said, I did not know him. Basically, I knew, I believe John knew who Jesus was. But the fact that that was the Lamb of God, that's revelation. Amen? It was his cousin, you should know. But the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, this was revelation. He said, I got this revelation. I did not know him. But he who, that, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And Job bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I did not know him. So we go back to, I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me. So he got it from God. He got it from God. God told him, that's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Your sins can be taken away this morning. Every sin can be taken away from your life this morning. And you have the light you can believe. That's what John wanted for you to believe. And as you believe, your belief takes away the sin as you stand saying, I believe in the lamb. That's what it is. He says, I testify that he is the son of God. Son of God and the lamb. Now, let me say this. When a Jew hears the word son of God, you know what he's hearing? He's hearing God. He's saying this man is God. If you don't believe that, that's why they wanted to stone Jesus because Jesus said, I am the son of God. He said, well, we don't want to stone you because of the miracles that you're doing, but because you, being a man, you make yourself out to be God. Jesus said, you're going to stone me because I said I am the son of God. That was what they heard. Son of God means God. They were looking at God in passing. And God is the lamb. God is the lamb. That's why I think judgment day is going to be so severe. Because God died. God died so that you won't have to die. If God's dying so you don't have to experience something, and you decide you want to experience that, boy, 
there is no stupidity as great as that. Hello, sorry. Your name is not wrong. It's nothing as bad as that. Why would you do that? Why would, especially when God has made it clear to you, and you know, you know, why should you go the other way? Why? Why? Life's too short. I remember when I was a teenager running, I can't run as fast as the things have changed. <laughs> I thought I had nine lives. I get crazy sometimes. But as you get older, you begin to realize this life is short. It's really short. I want to make it right with my Savior. Every other thing is meaningless. Because the day you close your eyes and you step into the other world, you'll find out there is nothing in this world that is truly meaningful. God came into our world because of his great love for us. If I can feel God inside my house living, sleeping with us, (laughs) you can shoot or throw a bomb and let it go off. I just go back to sleep. God's in my house. Even if I worry about anything. But he came to live among us. He came in as a lamb. Every time your eyes are opened, if God opens your eyes today to recognize who Jesus really is, many in the world cannot see him. Because the Bible says he was in the world. And even though the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him when he came. But I tell you what, once your eyes are open to knowing who Jesus is, you'll follow him. You will follow him. The reason you're not following, you haven't seen him yet. You don't know him. But once he's revealed to you as the Lamb of God, is. Constantly, your father. You know, John had some disciples. And they hung around, around John the Baptist. He was this uh, prophet, everybody recognized, bold, fearless, and, and ate grasshoppers for lunch. According to scripture. And he looked fierce, bold. And so they hang around him. They knew this was a... they never seen anything like it. But John was now pointing them to some other person. And so he tells us in uh, John chapter 1 verse 35. And again the next day John stood with two of his disciples. And, and looking at Jesus as he walked. Jesus was walking by. He said, behold... Again he repeated it. Behold the Lamb of God. Somehow, the first time he said it around his disciples, they didn't get it. But here, John and Andrew were standing by their master, the one who was teaching them, their mentor. And he said, there's the Lamb of God. They said to themselves, we don't need you anymore, John. We're following him. Amen? They left. And guess what? They never went back to John. 
When your eyes become open and you know who Jesus is, you're not going back. You follow him to the very end. This was the beginning for them. As soon as their eyes were open, and we might read the scripture, the two disciples heard them speak. They followed Jesus. And they spent that evening with Jesus, and they were sure, <laughs> that's the important thing. Don't just hear the word and walk away. Go spend some time with him. They spent that evening with Jesus, and they were persuaded. And then you read in the scriptures, verse 41, one of the two who heard John speak, John the Baptist speak, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. You go to those who love, you love, right? And he said to him, notice no guesswork, we have found the Messiah. Amen. We have found him. Hey, we have been looking for a long time. The other day we were standing with John and he told us, there is the Lamb of God and something went on in the inside of us, and we decided, John, bye. And we followed him, and we spent that evening with him, and just talking to him, we are persuaded. Amen. May every one of us be persuaded this morning. We were persuaded. This is it. We have found the Christ. We have. We have found the Christ. We have found the Christ. The Bible tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. That's beginning from John chapter 1. There it tells us. But then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. The Word that was God became flesh, and He dwelt among us. He's still living with us today. Amen. Where would you find him? Inside of these believers. Amen. He lives inside of us. When he was born, <laughs> when you read the scripture, it's amazing, you know. For 400 years, not even an angel, not no wings, nothing, nothing. And then the time for Jesus to come. There were angels everywhere. Gabriel here, Gabriel there. Gabriel with Zachariah in the same. All kinds of frightening stuff happening. Gabriel with Mary. Miracles. Joseph receiving a dream, an angel. All of a sudden things have changed. And has changed even up till this very day. Amen. Because the angels are here with us today. God sent them. Read Hebrews chapter 1. God sent them to be with us. And they're working with us. When Jesus came, everything changed. Everything changed. He was a happy day. He says that uh, Luke chapter 2, the shepherds, the night Jesus was born, the shepherds were in, in the field uh, watching their flock. And uh, the, uh, suddenly an angel appeared and stood among them. Now, let me tell you this. Uh, the time of Christ, and even before that, probably the time of David, Bethlehem was where they raised sheep. 
for sacrifice. It's called the tower of the, of, the flo- of the flock. The tower of the flock. That's where they raise sheep. That was their business. So people raise sheep hoping to get the sheep so that the firstborn male that comes from uh, a female sheep, it's called ewe, and that sheep is separated if it has no blemish. And at the tower of the flock, those sheep were kept there until it was time for the, they raised in that, that place, the manger and all, and then finally they go what? So Bethlehem had this business going. And the people who selected the animals that were meant for sacrifice came from generation after generation. They were experts. And they, they know how to find that sheep without blemish that should go for sacrifice. And they sacrificed animals, two animals, two lambs each day. So give you that background. So they were out don't minding their business, right? You know, watching their flock at night. Protect them. Because these were special sheep, amen? Special ones for sacrifice. Out of these, they will have the little ones that are without blemish that will go off for sacrifice. And so they were doing that, and they understood all about this business, amen? Where to take them there. It says they were out there, and then an angel appeared before them and stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which will be to all people. I'm telling you, this is not just for Israel. Can I hear an amen? This this good tidings is not for Israel alone. It's for America also. (laughs) In every part of the world. That's what they said. Great joy, which shall be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. In the city of David, Bethlehem, a Savior. Shepherd King, David was, from Bethlehem. To you is born a Savior this very day. And this will be the sign for you. This will be the sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill Towards all men. I need to let you know God doesn't think anything bad about you. No matter what you've done. Even what you did before you came to church this morning. Okay. He has no bad thoughts about you. All he sees through the eyes of his son who's paid the price All he sees is beauty. All he sees is through the eyes of his son. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of evil. Listen, he says very clearly, as we praise him, glory to God in the highest, 
peace on earth. And you know we don't have everywhere peace on earth. But for the individual who believes in this, the Lamb, you are going to have peace. As long as you are on the earth. Peace on earth. Good will towards you. God wants you to recognize that. The good will. But let me go back to the lamb. You know, he says in, in the uh, verse before this, he says uh, Mary had a firstborn son, right? Jesus, and, and put him in a manger, with, you know, wrapped him with swaddling clothes, and placed him in the manger because there was no room in the inn. And so we focus on no room in the inn. Oh, that's good. But that was not God's purpose. Notice what it says. It was to be a sign to the shepherds. A sign to the shepherds. How will that be a sign to the shepherd? A baby, this is how you recognize they were shepherds raising lambs, right? For sacrifice. And what happened in their time? When they select the animal, that firstborn male that comes from the female, from the mother, they will immediately recognize, they have the eyes to recognize that, that male, and say, this is going to the temple for sacrifice. They recognize that. And immediately, they will wrap the lamb with swaddling clothes. And there is a, a, a manger that is built out of limestone. There's a trough in there. And they will, after wrapping the lamb with, with the swaddling clothes, they will lay the lamb in the manger. And the reason they wrap, so that when the animal strikes him, it won't hurt itself. Because if it does, it's no longer good for the temple. So that was going to be a sign. When they see the lamb, the man, the baby, in a manger with swaddling clothes, they were supposed to recognize the sign. Amen. They recognized the sign. They recognized the sign. That was the Lamb of God. And they raised that animal until the animal was ready to be transferred for sacrifice. Jesus fulfilled every bit of it. Jesus fulfilled every bit of it. He is the Lamb of God. Not an animal, but a human. Meant to be sacrificed for you and I. And all John lived for is that you believe it. John the Baptist lived for just for that. That you believe it. Amen? To give us peace. Listen to what John the Baptist said. His, his father said, it says, though through the tender mercy, through the tender mercy of our God, which we is the day spring from on high, the day spring, what gives light even to heaven. You know, the Bible tells us when we come to heaven, there is no light there. The Son of God himself is the light. The day spring from on high has visited us. This great being that gave light to the universe came to visit with us. To live among us. 
in human flesh. Listen to what he says. To give light to those who sit in darkness. I did sit in darkness in my life. And the shadow of death. That was me before I found Jesus. Shadow of death. Being controlled. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to God in the highest peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Jesus came to guide your feet into that way of peace. In Romans chapter 1, I believe maybe chapter 3, he said, The way of peace have been not known. There is the way of peace. And God, Jesus came to guide our feet to that way of peace. And when you find it, you begin to find peace into your life. This is what he tells us. Jesus was the Lamb. His mission. Isaiah 53 verse 6 and 8. And all we like sheep, all we like sheep, I've gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And, and I'm not going to go into that scriptures, But you see, Jesus was actually crucified. I know if you go to Jerusalem, now everything is crucified. But he was outside the city. Outside the city. The place of the skull. And the Bible tells us. They have what they call a scapegoat. Uh, they, they, you know about the scapegoat? They take the scapegoat out into the wilderness. So Jesus wasn't even crucified inside the city. He was outside the city to fulfill everything that was written in the Old Testament. All to get us to believe. But I say Jesus is that great Lamb of God, and I'm going to close with this today. He's not only there in the Old Testament, but as you look into Revelation, you begin to see again in heaven, the Lamb, the Lamb of God in heaven, playing a prominent role because of who He is. In Revelation chapter 5, beginning from verse 2, He says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seal? Because the one sitting on the throne had the scroll written in and out and was holding it up. And this angel went out and screamed really loud, Who is worthy? Is there anyone worthy anywhere that can go to the throne and take those, the, the, the scroll? From the one sitting on the throne. His hand was up. Holding it. And the angel said. Who is worthy? To open the scroll. And to lose his seal. Seven seal. And no one. Listen. No one. Or. No one in heaven. No one in heaven. Couldn't find anybody in heaven. No angel. No. No being in heaven. Because they talk about the beast. No one. Cherubim, seraphim, no one was worthy. They couldn't go near the one sitting on the throne. Talk more of taking the, the scroll from his hand. No one. And no one in heaven or on earth or on that earth, no one anywhere could do that. 
was able to open the scroll or to look on it. They couldn't even look. So John said, I wept. I wept. This is serious matter. We're not progressing anywhere. Everything is going to stop here. Because no one is able to get there. It ain't here. But in John's mind, I want to know more. This can't be the end of the revelation. Somebody please. God has been showing him things. And here we got to a place, everything was in a standstill. No more revelation because it was up there. And John said, I wept. I wept. It was painful to him. Yeah, I wept. That no one in heaven, no one on earth, no one under the earth was worthy to do this. I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. John, you don't understand. Okay? Don't weep. He said, behold, basically look. Do not weep. Look. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose the seven seals. What did he prevail? Freeing every one of us from the power of sin. Amen? Freeing us from the power of sickness and disease. Freeing us completely. He prevailed. He prevailed. He has prevailed. The root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose his seal. And I looked. He saw the lion, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, not a lion, but a lamb. Amen? Not a lion, but a lamb. Stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Right there in heaven. He was standing with that thing on him because he had been slain for you and I. For our freedom. He was standing there for us. He had prevailed. As though it, he, it had been slain. Having sent uh, seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out, of the, sent out into all the world, the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll and the four, he says, the four living creatures. These are the big shots in heaven. <laughs> they were standing there, sitting. But as soon as he got it, they all went, they fell down and worshipped. Why wouldn't you worship him? Why wouldn't you worship him? The four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb and having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. I mean, they were on their face. 
their face is okay, and they were singing and worshiping this great being. This is an amazing thing. And they sang, he had redeemed us to God by his blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. Today we have a lot of different nations here today at this church here. Jesus died to redeem you. Would you make that decision to turn it over to him? One of the things that Jesus accomplished for us, which is so incredible, that the Holy Spirit will live inside man. There's only one God. It's a spirit being. Through believing in Jesus, you can have the spirit of God inside of you to be your guide through life. To be there for you every single day of your life. He is here today. Jesus is here today. Would you also fall down and worship him? Or are you going to stand and just look? If you will worship him, Something is going to happen to your heart to transform your being. It's a great experience. Everyone can experience it. You have the life. Many times we are too conscious of what people think. And that's the real trouble. Why would I go to hell because of what my friend thinks? Why? Or would you go to hell because of your pride? I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> You're a big shot. You're going to die someday. You're going to fight death when it comes. Why not make the right decision? This was all along in God's plan for you to get to know Him. You honor Him and all His plans from eternity. You honor when you say, God, I'm going out all the way out for you. I'm going to be a part of that plan. Count me as a part. And I mean it. God, with you helping me, I am going to be a relevant part of your plan. So you abandon your plan because now you're giving your plan over to him and then he takes your plan, makes it good. Load it up with peace, prosperity, goodness, mercy. He's here with us this morning. I know he's here. I feel his presence. Would you bow your head with me today? I need you today to honor the master. He is here. Some of us have accepted him, but we're still playing games. No, no. You don't want to do that. Join the program. Become a part of God's kingdom. If you're here this morning and you haven't made that right decision, or maybe you made a decision before, but you haven't really followed through, and you're asking God with your help, if you will help me, I want to be a full part of what the word is for my life. And I'm going to pray for you. And I know God answers my prayers. And we pray God will begin to a new work in your life. 
Even if you struggled in the past, a new day has come. Amen? A new day has come. All eyes, all heads bowed, eyes closed. If there's somebody here today, I know there are several, you want to make it all for Christ. At the count of three, would you lift up your hand? God will see your hand. Don't look around. Don't worry about people. It's between you and God. Make that right decision. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up and see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you, Jesus. How many will welcome the Lamb into your life today? The Lamb of God. Stand up with me, every one of you. I want us to make this commitment in here. There are a lot of people who go to church every Sunday. It's off and on. I don't know about you, but in my early days as a Christian, I was very worried about what they call, we call the rapture. I had to live straight and narrow. I don't want to be left behind. I wanted to be with him. So I've got to be a part of it. I've got to be a part of this. You will never really come to know Jesus until you make that decision. I'm going to be a part of his church. I'm not talking about the Ark Fellowship. His church. The Ark Fellowship is just part of it. But wherever God has planted you, and you're here today, get involved. Walk with your Heavenly Father. Get to hear Him. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what to contribute to what's happening here. Angel and I can do all the work. Thank God we have great people among us that are helping us. We can't. May God sent you here for a purpose. Fulfill your purpose. Not for me. If you're looking for a reward from me, it's, it's, uh, there's no reward. It's coming from him. Amen? It's got to be from him. I want us to make a commitment today. Don't sit around in God's kingdom. Get involved. Get involved. Find something to do. When you do that, the grace of God will come upon you because you have your gifts. And God created you. He knows you. And once you submit that gift to Him, it will not only help you, but your family and everyone around you. Even your place at the place of work, your gift will shine. You get to know that man is a man of God. That woman is a woman of God. And they'll respect you. They may speak ill of you, but in secret, they are saying... I wish I could be like him. I wish I could go to church like him. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's the way it happens. I know it for the fact. This is the way it is. Can we make a commitment to him today? From the heart. Say with me, Lord, I commit my life totally to your cause. To do what you want me to do. Give me the grace to be obedient to your word and to do what is right before your eyes. You said in your word 
you will put your spirit in me and you will cause me to walk in your statutes and to do your will. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.